This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. This episode, it's Sophie and Maddie's biggest guest ever. Honestly, I knew I had to do this. That's right, Kathy Wood. Wall Street calls her brilliant. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood is. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood, if you ever want to like chat with us, we're open to it. <laughs> oh, God, fangirls. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us on Your In Good Company. I'm really happy to be here. Today, the innovative mind behind ARK Invests is sharing her ideas with us. Everything I've done in my career up to now was in preparation for this moment. Famous for charting her own course. We don't care what's in benchmarks. We're looking to the future. We're learning that Kathy and her team at ARK, they're just warming up. We've just gotten started. You're about to hear Sophie and Maddie talk with Kathy about AI, Bitcoin, disruptors like Elon Musk, and what she thinks is the real magic behind innovation. And she'll give us an answer to the most simple question of them all. How would you, knowing what you know now, manage your money? The most important thing is... Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I am Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host, Sophie Dicker. Hello, Maddie Guest. We are here today for part two of the best investor in the world, (laughs) Kathy Wood. (laughs) Oh dear, we did it again. Uh, If you are just joining us, we would highly recommend that you go back to last week's episode if you haven't already listened. That was part one with the incredible Kathy Wood. Today we are getting into part two, but so before we do, favourite moments from last week? I think one of my favourite moments was getting insight to where I should be upskilling as an accountant Mm. (laughs) who's a knowledge worker. You're feeling at risk. (laughs) I'm feeling at risk. No, I think she gave some great insight to how we can be on the positive side of AI adoption and it was just relevant to a lot of the conversations that I've been having recently. What about yourself? I loved hearing Kathy talk about Elon Musk and Tesla because I think in our research we've discovered how much of a fan she is but I think just hearing it straight from her was so interesting. Yeah, and also like how she's never had dinner with him. I know. I love it. So today is going to be all investing content. We talk about ESG, investing opportunities, Bitcoin, but we know how important ESG is to all of you. So we thought that is going to be the first place to start and pick up this episode. You touched on oil in there and I wanted to chat a little bit more about that because retail investors at the moment really are pouring into ESG related funds and ARK doesn't have a specific ESG fund. Can you tell us a little bit more about why that is? I imagine it's probably quite a, an active decision. 
Yeah, it is. And in fact, here in the United States, uh, you may not know this, but ESG has become very controversial because there's so much greenwashing going on out there. Maybe the same is true in, in Australia. So uh, there, there are two reasons. One, innovation is organically or intrinsically ESG. And when we started ARC, I started watching other fund groups, knowing that ESG was becoming so important, uh, slapping ESG on their fund names. And I called it putting lipstick on a pig. And I just was not going to do that. And because I didn't want to do it because I truly believe we are organically and intrinsically ESG. And in fact, our scoring system incorporates, you know, in the first so we have a six-point scoring system after we've done our top-down and bottom-up modeling. Um, the first one is people, management, and culture. Uh, Elon Musk is trying to save uh, humanity from itself, right? That's why he started the company. Uh, he wants that oil consumption to go down and wants to uh, improve the environment. Uh, that is what I mean by organically and intrinsically. Now, if, if you can believe this, in the United States, uh, the S&P ESG fund, I believe it was that one, basically kicked Tesla out. I was out. about to ask you about this. <laughs> Come on, you have got to be. I, I just, well, I guess because it's it meets the E and then I think there were questions about the S and G, right? That was that was the reasoning behind that decision. Uh, it makes it on the E, but uh, not on the S and the G. Many times in innovation, what you find is the founder needs to lead the firm until it hits escape velocity. Otherwise, they lose the mission and the purpose as you bring people in from the old world. Who's he going to bring in? Someone from... GM or, you know, <laughs> that wouldn't quite work. So you find that a lot. Every company has controversies. It's just Tesla is such good clickbait that S&P reads more about Tesla's con controversies, their allegations of racial discrimination and, and uh, governance, social and governance is uh, tied in. I think I've covered both of them. So if they want to kick it out, fine. You know, it'll be less competition for us. So we've touched on Tesla a little bit and I want to talk about AI because obviously over the past couple of weeks, we've seen what's happened with NVIDIA. Their share price jumped quite dramatically because of some quarterly results that they posted. And because of that, there's been a lot of flow on effects. So there was an Australian online furniture retailer and they had their shares jump around 20%. And that was because of claims that they were using AI and ChatGBT in their customer inquiries. So it's crazy. So we're all thinking, it's the tip of our tongue, where are the opportunities in AI? Like, where are we looking? Where are we putting our money? Yeah, it was interesting. We we got a lot of press again for NVIDIA because the press loves to uh, criticize. So we own NVIDIA in most of our specialty funds, but we've been taking it down for quite a while because its valuation skyrocketed relative to the other AI plays that we think are pretty profound. NVIDIA is doing astonishing things. We got in at $5. It was a $5 to $10 billion market cap in 2014. And we've ridden it all the way up in most of the funds. We took it out of flagship because flagship's very concentrated. And we see many other 
much less expensive AI plays. It still meets our 15% compound annual rate of return expectation, but barely. And whereas these others are now, again, our research could be wrong. Um, <laughs> I always have to say that for compliance, but you know, these other names we think are 40, 50% compound annual rate of return because they've been killed as NVIDIA's gone up. Doesn't make any sense to us. To give you an example, Tesla. So NVIDIA is at 25 times sales, not earnings, sales. Okay. Tesla is at six times sales. Twilio, many people don't know the name, is at two times sales. Twilio, in terms of data, the most important competitive advantage, once you've got a visionary leader, AI expertise, and domain expertise, is proprietary data. And so you'll see every company in our portfolio is there, at least in part, with an AI angle in mind. It is their data. Proprietary data is the new oil. <laughs> That's right. And it's becoming even more true. Uh, that, that, that has been a saying for a little while, but it's ever more true now. So Tesla has more miles of real world driving data than all of the auto companies and tech companies going after transportation in the world put together. Um, and, and probably orders of magnitude more. And that's because it has 4 million plus robots roaming around the world. I have two of them, a Model 3 and a Model Y. Wow. And they're collecting data every day, sending it back to Tesla saying, okay, here's a disengagement, something didn't go right, let's study that. And they're using AI in, in a profound way that is going to create autonomous driving. And they're going to launch nationally, we believe here in the United States, whereas most others are going city by city. Tesla thinks big, it's already mapped this out. And we believe that it will be the biggest beneficiary uh, in, in the next five years, five, five to 10 years from autonomous driving. Autonomous driving revenues today are basically nothing. We believe by 2030, there'll be eight to $10 trillion globally, which if you want to size that, the U.S. economy is roughly approaching $25 trillion. So we think this is this alone is going to be a $10 trillion global opportunity by 2030. And Tesla's leading that charge. We, we think Tesla certainly is in the U.S., China won't let Tesla lead that charge. It'll be some other company, but we can't identify it yet. That's how far behind most companies are. And then we have other companies in, in the healthcare space, uh, exact sciences. You may know, do you know Cologuard? Cologuard advertised in Australia. No. It is a, a test for colorectal cancer and it's a fecal test. So you have to send it in and it's kind of <laughs> disgusting, but uh, it's turning to a liquid biopsy. It'll be a blood test. So, so you have to go to the doctors for that, but just with a blood test, doctors will be able to tell whether uh, you are in the early stage of many cancers, uh, including colorectal cancer. So we think there will be a time where unless you're just very high risk, we won't need to do colonoscopies. In the United States, when you turn 40, you, ha you go for a colonoscopy every five years and the government will, re or insurance companies will reimburse. 
and it's reaching down earlier and earlier into years. That's how powerful these tests are becoming. They can detect at the earliest stages of cancer. Well, wouldn't we like the company that's able to detect every stage of cancer uh, in stage one or before stage one, just learning how the genome is setting up for cancer? Yes, we would. This is going to be a winner-take-most opportunity as well. And we think exact sciences and Freenome, which we own in our public-private crossover fund, uh, that they are in the running as, uh, as Invitae. Really, uh, I think uh, exact is probably also six or seven times revenues, not 25 times revenues. And these are huge, very high value add uh, opportunities. The other thing that people don't understand is it's not like NVIDIA is not going to have any competition. In fact, it didn't have any competition, really. Now everybody's onto the plot and Tesla has pulled out NVIDIA from its cars. It has its own AI chip. Google has its own AI chip. Meta has its own AI chip. They're not in production, but they will be. So these hyperscalers understand how important this is. They have the money. Amazon's going to have its own chip and, and service. Uh, I think everyone's thinking about NVIDIA at a moment in time, and they forget, you know, when you see this kind of success, it invites competition. I love that, that you mentioned the meta thing because, and then also linking with the transparency of ARC because yesterday in the AFR, which is a big publication in Australia, is just number one headline like ARC buys into meta. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's so interesting. We own that in the specialty funds as well. And we uh, added to it in the specialty funds. Well, it, it had been creamed and we didn't put it in the flagship because uh, Mark had not pivoted from his like obsession with metaverse to AI. Tesla goes to 12.5% of our portfolio. We can't keep, and I'm not saying that's where it has to stop because I can't tell you that from a compliance point of view, but any prudent portfolio manager won't let a stock go to 25-30% of the portfolio. That's not considered prudent portfolio management. So, Interestingly, you've been speaking about um, multiples on sales rather than potentially the bottom line with earnings. And I think with a lot of companies that we look at, specifically kind of in the startup space or, you know, that are in that innovation space, they might actually not be, they might not have those bottom line earnings because they're reinvesting or whatever else. But I think that's something as a retail investor I struggle with because I think I want to be investing in a profitable company, but then I love the mission or the vision of the company that maybe isn't making money just yet. So how do you differentiate a good company from maybe a fad? And that is also a great question. We we are very focused on starting with our top-down research, trying to figure out, okay, how is this going to work, right? How is this going to work? So to give you an example here, in autonomous driving. In 2014, we asked the question and was starting to get incoming uh, DMs from CEOs who were involved in, in autonomous. And, you know, she learned a lot. And one of the things she learned pretty quickly was that the brains of an autonomous vehicle or the central nervous system of an autonomous vehicle were going to be GPUs. Now, I remember sitting in on that brainstorm when she said that. We didn't know this. And we owned NVIDIA at the time for its gaming, 
It was a PC gaming chip company. That's all it was. And I said, Tasha, nobody knows that. I mean, that's crazy. You know, PCs were dropping at a double digit rate. NVIDIA was getting destroyed. It dropped into that five to $10 billion range. And we bought it all the way up. It became one of the top positions in many of our portfolios. And when I say specialty portfolios, it's even in our genomics portfolio, because that is probably the most underappreciated space for the impact of artificial intelligence. As I mentioned before, we think that the, the convergence between uh, DNA sequencing and artificial intelligence is going to help doctors identify cancer, certainly in stage one, even pancreatic cancer, but it may be even before stage one. That's brilliant. But you don't see AI focus much in healthcare portfolios. Well, it is in ours. And one of the ways is NVIDIA. And we make sure that all of our companies are harnessing AI as they're doing their research and working with, with partners in the AI field. That's how we come across companies. Now, that particular one was profitable at the time. Your original question was, how do you find these companies, yet they're unprofitable, so how can you bet on them? And, and so what we're doing is we're using a scoring system. And that scoring system involves, first, people management and culture. First, like top priority. Is this a visionary management team? that understands how the future is going to work and is going to be the reason it's going to happen, right? Two, do they have barriers to entry that no one else has? So I can, I can use Tesla, if you don't mind, as this example, just so you understand how in 2014, we were able to put a Tesla in the portfolio, no problem, it was losing gobs of money. We saw four barriers to entry that Tesla had that no one else had. One was battery technology. It was, it was writing down a different cost curve from every other auto manufacturer. And we pay attention to these learning curves. It was using the consumer electronics batteries. So laptops, cell phones, and all of these other auto manufacturers were laughing at them. And so were auto analysts laughing at them saying, oh, that's great. These, these batteries are blowing up on the Boeings and they've been banned from Boeing and he's going he's gonna to line the bottom of a car with these batteries. Sounded crazy. It was seemingly an impossible engineering feat, but he did it. And we, and we knew he was doing it. So battery technology, they're still three years ahead of anybody in terms of the cost declines. Two, the only auto company to build its own chip, design its own chip, just like Apple did in cell phones. And Apple stole the market from Nokia, Motorola, Ericsson, and BlackBerry. It was thinking differently, or it said, think different. And I said, that's not good grammar. <laughs> but think, it was thinking differently. And Steve Jobs was think different. Uh, critically, as I mentioned before, proprietary data, more than anyone else by orders of magnitude. And then finally, over-the-air software updates that could correct the performance of the car, something going wrong, that four barriers back then, nobody else had. And as we interviewed other companies, we knew they weren't even close. They weren't even thinking about it. And so, you know, that gave us uh, great confidence. So that's the second Product and service leadership, that's market share. You can follow that. 
and it's been obvious uh, how Tesla's been doing. Execution, are they spending enough money on R&D as a percent of sales? If they are, are they spending it in the right places? So we, we're very focused on that. Valuation, many people don't think we're focused on valuation because of what uh, how you asked the question. That is not true at all. In order for a stock to get into our portfolios, we have to believe that in the next five years, it will deliver a compound annual rate of return of 15%. And that is only if its multiple goes down to something close to the market multiple in terms of enterprise value to EBITDA. So over five years, most of our companies are facing a pretty significant valuation headwind, and they have to make it up with revenue growth and margin expansion. And we have to believe that is uh, indeed what they're going to do. And then the last uh, score is thesis risk. Okay, what could knock this scenario off? Government regulation? Regulation is always a big one, as is another technology. Is there another technology coming through the pipeline? A lot of people ask us about the different kinds of batteries out there. I think uh, we've learned over the last few years that any uh, founder of a company in the battery world who wants to scale is going to present the opportunity to Tesla before anybody else, right? So we, we get that question a lot. Uh, on the regulation, let's use Tesla again. It's been, many people say, ah, the government's never going to allow autonomous driving. Uh, that's going to kill people. No, what they forget is mm. 85 to 90% of all accidents out there are caused by human error. And so uh, the big uh, one out there, the ethical case is, wait a minute, the autonomous vehicle has to make a choice between a mother and a walking the baby carriage across the street or a telephone pole that they're going to, like that's, those are the two, the two choices. Do I kill this or that? It's just the wrong way of thinking about it. You know, it, that's an impossible situation for a human being, too. And the National Transportation Safety Association here in the United States has actually documented from fatal Tesla accidents. Now, there are 45,000 accidents per year in the United States. It is only Teslas that get the headlines, right? You hear Tesla. Yeah. That's crazy. But after going through and uh, analyzing those fatal uh, accidents, the National Highway and Safety Transportation Association has concluded that, and this was, this was four years ago, that anyone driving in a Tesla car that has some of these safety features that we now associate with full self-driving uh, is 40% safer wow. uh, than any other car. Yeah, and that was back then, and they've gotten a lot better. We still have got lots to get to, and I do not want to miss out on our conversation about Bitcoin, but let's take a quick break for our sponsors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It was probably a guy, don't you think? <laughs> so true. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but if that's one thing you can take from us. And just to give you a story, just a quick story there. So, Kathy, unfortunately, we are starting to run out of time, but it would be remiss of us not to quickly touch on Bitcoin, which seems to be at a bit of a crossroads at the moment. We had the banking system failures in March of this year, which really paved the way for the utility of Bitcoin. And yet recently we've seen the SEC suing Coinbase amidst really strong advocacy for greater regulation in the US. What is your elevator pitch for Bitcoin? Why do you believe that Bitcoin will reach the price target of 1.5 million? Bitcoin epitomizes an anti-fragile asset, which means that you can throw everything you want at it, including Chairman Gary Gensler, and it will thrive ultimately. And in fact, I just had a fascinating discussion with the former surfer analyst, first crypto analyst at ARK, who started the company today and his partner, and they raised a very good point. You know, this is great for the distribution of wealth throughout the world. The SEC is pushing innovation out of the United States and into other countries in the world. Now, Winston Churchill uh, said, at, uh, I'm paraphrasing, at some point in time, you know, the United States makes every mistake in the book that is possible <laughs> before it gets it right. And that's what we're doing here. And we're getting this all wrong. And it's terribly political. And and yet the checks and balances in the United States, so executive branch, so Gensler appointed by the president, um, judicial branch, and legislative branch, The judicial branch is weighing in against the SEC, one court case after a time. Uh, The legislative branch is on the march. This is going to become, in fact, one of the, the partners of this new company. He said, you'll be very happy to know that I have converted from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. And I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, these guys are so liberal. I, was, I said, really? He said, yep, one, one issue election for me. Because the Republicans are pro, because it's crazy. And the Democrats, innovation shouldn't be a partisan issue. This is, so what is my elevator pitch for uh, Bitcoin in particular? Every word I'm about to say is important. Bitcoin is the first global, that's really important private, no government oversight, digital, rules-based, monetary system in the world. Mm. That's a big idea. That's a very big idea. And in fact, so big that when we wrote our first white paper on Bitcoin in 2015, 
I asked my mentor and dear friend, Art Laffer, he's a famous economist, Laffer curve fame, if, if, if you've taken economics. I asked him if he would read and, and critique the report, and if he liked it, would he put his name on it as a collaborator? And he certainly critiqued it and <laughs> tore it up, put it in two, said, I'll, I will put my name to this. I won't put my name to the technology. And uh, I, I don't understand the technology, but I'll put my name to the economics. And he said, this is what I have been waiting for since we went off the gold exchange standard in 1971. This is a rules-based monetary system, but it's even better. It's global. This could really do wonders, especially for emerging markets that are plagued with hyperinflation and corrupt fiscal and monetary policies. It could transform the world. It is a very big idea. And we do believe in our, uh, right now, the 2027 cases, uh, base case is 627,000. I think it's at 25,000 now. And our bull case is 1.3 or 1.4 million. Uh, and you can see in big ideas, if you go in there, our assumptions, how do we get, we tell you exactly how we get there. And, you know, my confidence has never been higher because this is the ultimate battle test. You think the government of the largest country in the world is going to ban something. Oh, no, <laughs> no, it's uh, oh, this is a very big deal. And I actually did a, a podcast with Art Laffer. You can find it uh, during the regional bank crisis. When Bitcoin, as you said, and thank you, most people don't understand it the way you described it. Bitcoin went from 19,000 to nearly 30 or to 30,000 uh, because it was a flight to safety. And I think all innovation will be a flight to safety phenomenon, whether it's your jobs or your investment portfolios. Uh, so as I always say, just Get on the right side of change and stay there, which means you're lifelong learning. Well, Kathy, we could honestly speak to you all day long about this kind of stuff. And I think we will share the Big Ideas Report. I'm sure a lot of listeners probably have already read it, but it's one of those things that when you do start reading it, you get really engaged and excited and find things that you are passionate about. But to close out this interview, we would love to ask you, knowing what you know now, if you could go back to your 20s, and I'd like to clarify, by the way, we're on the we're on the verge year of millennial. <laughs> we are not Gen Z, but we are like just one year off it. So we're actually <laughs> close. <laughs> you're my son's age then. You're, you're my son's age, yes. How would you, knowing what you know now, manage your money? Um, knowing what I know now, I, I mean, I, I must say, I think the most important thing so that you don't become emotional about it. So um, I think... The most important thing is develop an understanding, an interest in an area develops, you know, it may even be tangential to your own career, just something that you bring that keeps your confidence. You develop the, the people you trust around you. They're going about doing the research in the right way. You keep listening to what they're doing. And I find the worst thing over the years that, that I have seen, and it, it just it upsets me so much because it hurts so many people, is the emotional decisions selling at the low in 08-09 destroy years and years and years of wealth accumulation. And so it is not to invest so much that you have to sell if we get into a really bad environment. So keep some cash. 
Um, but if you do invest, especially in a strategy like ours, some people say, treat it like play money. I don't say it that way because I so believe in what we're doing, but it is very volatile. And that's the other thing. If you're in a long-term oriented strategy, that, then don't look at it on a day-to-day basis, you know, because again, that's, that, that stirs emotion. So I think that's just keeping an even keel, trust the people you're investing with, Make sure they know what they, you know, make sure their research is excellent. And if you have some expertise yourself, you know, test them with it. And uh, it'll help your own confidence when you go through bad times that, yeah, they've got it. I've tested them. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for your time. It has been an absolute pleasure. And we are so happy to have had you on at your Ingo Company. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Maddie and Sophie. This was a great interview. I'm so happy you're educating your community because it is so important. And I hope they've learned a thing or two. Well, Soph, we've done it. We've interviewed the biggest, one of the biggest investors in the world. How do you feel? (laughs) I feel amazing. And if you've really liked this episode, can you please share it with a friend? If you are new to Your Own Good Company, we would love for you to go for a scroll back through the archives. We recently did a founder series where we interviewed some of the best founders across Australia and internationally. We also, at the start of the year, did a Feb series all around setting yourself up for the year. And if you scroll back a little bit further, there is lots of incredible investing content as well. Join us on our social media platforms. We love interacting with you guys at YIGC Podcast, both on Instagram and TikTok. And feel free to send us a message if you have any questions. Our DMs are always open. You can also jump into our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. We have a community of over 2,000 people, so you can also post your questions in there. And if you enjoyed today's ep, let us know. If you've got any feedback, let us know. We absolutely (laughs) loved this interview, and if you want to hear more of interviews like this, then we'll knuckle down and try and find guests just as good. We'll ask Kathy for some recommendations of who to chat to next. Otherwise, you'll be hearing us from us very soon as we have a new series launching. So keep your eyes peeled on our social media accounts for more of that. Little teaser, if you are thinking about getting into the property market at the moment, this is the series that you are going to want to listen to. You'll hear from us soon. Catch you then. Bye. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.